From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Well, the COVID era stretches on and on and on, producing new variants and more economic uncertainty. And with that brings a whole host of related problems. Doctor, we've talked about this, the uptick in drinking, right? Substance abuse. And what goes hand in hand often with this kind of behavior is domestic violence. Are you finding that true? You know, right now we're in one of the more serious domestic violence pandemics. So we really need to start to pay attention to this right now. You know, numbers don't lie. The American Journal of Emergency Medicine reported a 25 to 33 percent increase. I even read statistics that go up as high as 80 percent. Why is this happening? Well, Linda, I'm seeing this in my own practice. COVID has created a lot of mental friction, you know, between people. And that friction is coming down in terms of other major problems that that we're going to talk about. Okay, so it makes sense that you've got a lockdown. And being alone in a confined space is never good when you're not getting along, you're with an abuser, which I want to point out that the pandemic didn't make an abuser. It's just exacerbated the problem, correct? Absolutely. We got to talk about the definition. You know, what is domestic violence? And you know, we're talking about romantic couples, elder abuse, and child abuse. So it's across a big spectrum. So now the, the people who were the perpetrators here were undercover. They weren't out in the the limelight here. And what's happened is because the pandemic exacerbates what the abuser wants is isolation. So then they could do whatever they want to do. And the distancing, that has caused an enormous amount of this problem to escalate. You're isolating and this problem as you said, starts to exacerbate. Now, what happens when things are closed? I'm, I'm talking about social support systems. Tell me about that. Well, what happens is, you know, the abuser is sitting next to the victim on the couch and they can't get out. They can't talk. They can't confide with others. They're isolated. And the abuser feels empowered. And it takes away the empowerment that the victim had had before the pandemic. So I want to talk about the abuser right now, and then we'll get to the victim. But why does an abuser abuse? I mean, what is psychologically, let's break this down, of why they get to be so angry and then lash out? Well, you know, Linda, that's a complex psychological issue. You know, I'm much more of a victim advocate, but of course I've had to treat a a, a lot of the abusers. And, you know, a lot of the paradigm, you know, for them psychodynamically is they really have come from abusive relationships. So probably in their childhood, they were subjected to abusive relationships. And now they recreate that 
you know, if you want to give humans, you know, a, some credit, you know, sometimes they try to make it better. But what happens here is they recreate it. And um, that's how we get this kind of paradigm now. Yeah. And of course, the pandemic makes it harder to leave. Right. Well, let's turn it around to the victim now. Uh, a woman, for instance, stuck in a domestic violence type of scenario. She's lost her job. How does she leave? Right. Now she's dependent upon the abuser, husband or boyfriend to help her support herself. I mean, these are the kinds of things that seem to be, you know, characteristic of the pandemic. It's not just mean abuser taking advantage of the the victim. There are things that seem to be um, helping this along. Well, absolutely. And this is what I'm seeing in my practice. The victims are now isolated. There's shame issues. And they really find it very hard to be empowered to do anything they used to do by going to places, talking to friends, you know, and, you know, have some, you know, flight to freedom even. When a victim is abused, uh, and they stay. I, I would imagine that you're finding out that the profile on that person is is lack of confidence, right? Because they have this inability to move out. The word I would use is being empowered. You know, that a lot of the victims, you know, where they had jobs, they had money and whatever was going on before, things have changed and now they're in con- controlled, you know, by the other individual. So basically... Uh, I got my three steps because a lot of these individuals know they got to leave. And this is extremely threatening. And usually, unfortunately, there's alcohol, substance abuse, you know, going on. Basically, these are the three things. Number one, get rid of weapons. Any way weapons are in the house, just get rid of them. Okay, that's number one. And all lethal weapons, even hide the knives or whatever you got to do. Number two, really important that you mentioned, you got to have some people you're confiding in, people that you really trust, friends or other people that are going to help you, you know, get on uh, helplines, you know, and things, you know, like that. Then I'll tell you, really, the most important part is you got to make a plan for escape. And, you know, that you do with the confidants and other hotlines. It's not an easy process. You know, speaking of hotlines on this podcast, in the information part of our podcast, I'm going to put some of these numbers and links to uh, hotlines, which I feel is is very important and and really needed during this time. I just want, before we leave, um, to bring up one more component. If you can, and you do need that support, professional support, like a psychiatrist or a psychologist would be imperative as well. Absolutely. You know, you can tell by my description, this is a complicated process. If you could have a professional, you know, help you kind of run the treatment plan to manage all these things, that is really imperative. And you could hear by my description about how I help people with my tips, you know, that um, that's what people need. So don't be concerned about hooking up with a professional. And, you know, we have telepsychiatry now. So, you know, somehow you get to a computer and, and, and do this or a phone. 
I, I want to thank you for broaching this really tough subject. Many people don't even know that there's this pandemic inside this pandemic. So whatever we can do to support the victims, uh, to lessen those numbers, let's see those numbers go down. You know, some people may even know some friends, you know, or, you know, that they may think that might be going on. And that would be important to, for, to, to help others this way. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the good advice as always. And let's talk next week. Take care, everybody. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.